0: Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Nick Delgado. And this episode of our podcast, I have a very special guest, Dr. Joseph Maroon, who's board certified in neurosurgery.
1: And he's written a special book. And it's called Square One, A Simple Guide to a Balanced Life. Yes, very presumptuous in some respects, but Square One, A Simple Guide to a Balanced Life.
0: What do you want your audience to take away? I've read the book. It's an amazing book. It it appears to me it's very clear that to be very healthy or to overcome health challenges and problems, we need to apply at least four key points that will allow us to gain optimum health. What are those four points, and is this the key point that you wanted to make with the book?
1: Well, Dr. Nick, it's a personal book about adversity, overcoming adversity, and the formula that I discovered that is guaranteed to obviate or prevent burnout. It's a book about burnout. As you know, burnout is ubiquitous in the country. There's 30 to 40 percent of the general population experience burnout. In physicians, it's as high as 55 to 60 percent. So it's a huge problem It's associated with suicide, uh, depression, and substance abuse, uh, divorce, major, major implications. It's a major problem in this country. So basically, uh, the four things about the book that I think individuals can pick up very quickly, it's a very quick read, are the four epigenetic factors that determine our mental and physical health. And very simple. It's exercise. It's diet. It's avoiding toxic environmental substances, including smoking, drinking excessively. And it's also how we control stress. Stress is the great killer. It destroys brain cells. It destroys our bones, our skin. And basically what I do is I give you a guaranteed formula that uh, will tell you how to avoid burnout and if you have experienced burnout, how to get out of it. Dr. Maroon,
0: is it true Dr. Daniel Amen um, stated um, on stage that alcohol uh, definitely is a neurotoxin and can damage the brain, and yet we have this kind of confusion about, oh, a glass of wine every day is somehow good for us due to the antioxidants and other purported benefits, relaxing and so forth. And I also read elsewhere that 25% of physicians are not telling their patients that cancer may be related to alcohol consumption, particularly of the throat, mouth, and bladder. And 25% of these physicians are actually
1: drinking while on duty. Are they stressed out? Is that possible? Of, of course, yes. They, they really are stressed out. And, and basically, I'm just briefly going back to my book, it's how to balance your life. Everything in life. Nick, is about balance. It's about homeostasis. It's what Aristotle said, hit the mean between extremes. Either too far to the right, nor too far to the left. And that goes with alcohol consumption as well. I think most things, most things in moderation, uh, may be helpful. And I think this is the, this is the position with wine in particular, uh, not necessarily hard alcohol, but supposedly there's a whole lot of studies on that too but uh, general, generally wine one glass for a woman two glasses for a male max uh, per day or week <laughs> <laughs> that's a great question <laughs> well again it's it's moderate whatever is moderate is uh but uh, i think a glass a day is there may be some toxic effect, but also there's some beneficial effect to it. So I, I think you're trying, you're striving to hit balance, and also it's a it's a pleasure of life. Uh, many people greatly enjoy. I don't advocate it, but I also don't condemn it. Uh, if individuals want to have a glass of wine or two for males a day,
0: I know you spoke on cannabinoids. Is there a possibility that certain interventions like uh, juicing actually marijuana plants that won't get you high but you get the THCA, the acid portion, and the various cannabinoids that hit receptor sites. Is this something that might actually be overlooked by most of the medical profession and a benefit to people?
1: Well, we're, we're seeing a whole new world unfolding for us in terms of the cannabinoids. You know, Thirty years ago, we didn't know what a cannabinoid was. We know about the respiratory system, the GI system, uh, the the cardiovascular system. We now have a whole body of endocannabinoid receptors that weren't even discovered 20 or 30 years ago. Now we're actually using uh, uh, carbon dioxide diffraction to separate all of the different components of plants, uh, particularly hemp, and marijuana, which are two separate plants from the same, uh, uh, cap, uh, the same genus cannabis sativa. So we're we're learning more and more. I mean, you're clearly avant-garde and much more knowledgeable in this than most, just by the question you asked. And uh, being from California, also. <laughs> much more familiar with the applications not only on the street but in the clinics. So uh, we, we had a, a whole eight-hour symposium on the endocannabinoid system and its criticality in maintaining homeostasis uh, in our body. Uh, we know that can, CBD, for instance, is an analgesic, it's an anti-inflammatory, it's an anxiolytic or anti-anxiety agent And we're finding now that in very small doses, it can have very therapeutic effects in pain relief, in anxiety, and also with insomnia. So uh, I'm not promoting THC. You mentioned Daniel Amen. He published a paper uh, a few years back, Uh, actually I think it's a paper that may be coming out in which he did spec scans on several thousand patients who were Cannabis users, and the spec scans showed a, uh, a three-year age decadence compared to the normal population in terms of the, the appearance of their scans. So, and we know very surely that uh, THC in adolescence is neurotoxic. You know, it does have profound effects on the brain, on the limbic system, emotional systems. And uh, clearly, I think, uh, very dangerous in adolescence, which is heavily populated now with THC. But that, uh, very, very careful. Well, in my children, you know, we've had the
0: discussion, and of course, I come from a generation, you know, in the 1970s and 60s and 70s, and, um, you know, it was quite rampant to talk about. Um, having marijuana, and I remember having the discussion with my son. I said, "You know, you um, if you choose to grow marijuana, make sure it's legal. Let's you know be sure you don't end up behind bars." And. Um, Also, is it ethical? Does it make sense? Will it help people? And maybe we should look at the extracts, like you mentioned CBD. Maybe we should look at helping kids with autism, ADD, ADHD, with juicing or blending the marijuana plant, which I have some clients that have been introduced to this probability after hearing a doctor out of Canada saying he was treating many cancer patients with juicing of marijuana plants. You know, If we can call them hemp or the hemp oil or the benefits of the cannabinoids. I 'm fascinated by this whole subject.
1: no question and if you look at the states that have legalized marijuana, mm. uh, they have clearly and, and this is recognized less overdose deaths from opioids and also the the Plants are being used as a to mitigate opioid obidosis. Define for our audience o-
0: opioids to they're taking prescribed or maybe not overprescribed medications for pain control. And these pain medications in the categories that exist can have a dangerous effect. And particularly if someone drinks alcohol and uses these pain medications. I've heard of of deaths associated, is is that true? And so, what you're saying is potentially the cannabinoids may fill the gap, allow pain relief and reduction in anxiety and other factors uh, without having to overdose on these particular risky uh, pain
1: medications. It's very difficult to overdose on THC leading to death. In fact, it's rare, Mm. and the reason for that is when you look at the CB1 receptors, in the cannabinoids distributed through the body, CB1 receptors, which is what THC attaches to, are sparse, if at all, in the brainstem, which is the center for respiration. Mm. So that uh, you can get very high, but you're not suppressing your respiratory centers like you do with THC laced with fentanyl, which is what's on the street now. Oh, why are they lacing it with fentanyl? Because it, it gives them, this is what the drug dealers are doing. Yeah. The drug dealers put fentanyl in it, it's cheaper, it gives them a high, a high. but when you put a little too much in, it simply stops your breathing. And uh, so this is why we have, it's one of the reasons why we have such an epidemic of deaths of 64,000 overdoses a year. I mean, this is, this is a huge, huge problem Uh, with drug overdose. Wow.
0: Well, I know my son went to great length to understanding the procuring and growing of uh, marijuana plants. He does it organic, many of them use pesticides and chemicals. Now you're telling me they lace it with a drug. Um, He uses a spare, uh, a special air system that's an ionizer that allows the plants to grow rapidly without mold and, and fungus. He uses a special water system that's high in hydrogen. I mean, he's really gone to great length. And then there's special, you know, lights, and uh, um, he's got solar, you know, system to to handle the increased uh, demand for electricity. I, I'm just amazed <laughs> what he went through to make
1: that happen. And it sounds to me like that's all very important. It's critical, and that's the. Whole- this is the problem in the state the reason states are legalizing it besides for the tax revenue mm. <laughs> which is probably the number one yeah but uh, besides that it, it's to make it more drug-like in terms of its manufacturing hmm. i mean when Just you safer alluded, when you say drug like yeah. yeah you you alluded to the point in the 70s 80s and now yeah uh marijuana raised uh, the cultivars used to raise marijuana, when, when you were talking about it in San Francisco <laughs> in the 70s, yep. the com- concentration was perhaps three to six percent THC. Okay. Now you get it on the street, it can be as high as 24 percent. Of THC, THC, the, THC, the portion that gets you high. Yeah, the way it's cultivated to enhance the, yeah. the uh, concentration of THC to make you even quicker so that, so that uh, we off the street, you have no idea what the THC concentration is, or the organic and inorganic products used in the growing, contrary to everything your son's doing. So that you have no idea what you're getting. Right. So right. when it's state controlled, at least they're they're uh, looking at it in a much clearer way. But you, you you brought up another interesting point the other day, or, or the the other minute in in the seminar we had we had a manufacturer that is using supercritical CO2 extraction, and as you know, in the cannabis plant there there are up to 113 different cannabinoids. With supercritical extraction they're able to separate these different cannabinoids. Mm. They all have a little different effect, although they have an entourage effect when all together. But he was mentioning that in the future, what we're going to be seeing is the individual endocannabinoids extracted out, manufactured to coincide with specific disease processes. So, like you were mentioning, a definite cannabinoid for fibromyalgia, or for insomnia, or for inflammation. So this is, I think, where it's going. Yes. Uh, but we're we're just on the cusp of this now, and uh, with twenty nine states already having legalized it medically. And you know the rest are going to be coming on board soon. And I think I just heard somebody mention today that Donald Trump uh, reversed the the uh, proclamation by Mr. Sessions that uh, he was going to enforce the various marijuana l- rules. And Trump said that, uh, and this is hearsay, by the way. Yeah. That he is not going to stand by that, and uh, there's going to be a much more open approach. Uh, very good so let's get back to the
0: four points Um, give me a little more detail what you feel is a healthier you mentioned diet what do you feel is a reasonable amount of exercise to get you the result what is it uh, from a standpoint of detoxification we need to do and last uh, where do we bring that mind-body connection and love and contribution which I'm gonna assume is part of the, the whole process of Optimizing and uh, getting a person to live a quality, beautiful life.
1: Well, I think you start with as I said the four pillars, the, the four sides of the square that I mentioned and discussed in my book. Number one, diet. So, what's the optimal diet? Mm. You know, take supplements made by Dr. Delgado is one. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. You, and, but you are and aware the of protein, our high protein. Your high protein supplements.
0: Yeah, the protein based on plant based. Yes. Yep.
1: Uh, and but basically a highly plant-based diet with with lean protein, fish two to three times a week, freshly. No mercury, no PCBs. It's fresh salmon, caught wild. Uh, beef not grass-fed, infused with hormones and insect and pesticides.
0: Is the fish, by the way, because of the benefit of DHA and EPA? Um, And you had mentioned, I think, during your talk, um, you know, uh, fish oil, I would look at possibly also marine algae for those people who are more vegetarian or vegan like myself. Exactly. Absolutely.
1: I think it's the the number, if I had to pick all the supplements I take, I'd say fish oil is the number one in terms Mm. of its anti-inflammatory effects. Yes. Inflammation is the common cause of cancer, heart disease, Alzheimer's, arthritis, anything we can do. To reduce inflammation, sure. Like we said with diet. The second pillar is exercise. I think uh, you know I, I try to do a minimum of an hour a day, bike, walk. You don't have to do triathlons. I'm still competing in that regard. But uh, and how young are you, may I ask? I mean, let's just say I'm a septuagenarian. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's great. Uh, but uh, you know, you need flexibility. You need. Uh, You need resistance training, and you need aerobics. Yes. So 30 to 60 minutes a day minimum. Number three is we talked about environmental toxins, and we touched on that. Definitely not excessive in anything, particularly zero smoking and also not with alcohol. Minimum alcohol. And then um, you you mentioned the the relationships, the family, the bonding, Mm. the. spirituality, yes. uh, the meditation, uh, there's all sorts of things. Now, we, we had a talk at this meeting on virtual reality. I don't know if, uh, it's it just phenomenal. I'm working with a company called, called Pure Recovery in Oxnard, California. Hmm. Uh, in the, the Pure Recovery, Deborah Whitney is the CEO and they're taking NFL athletes who have impulsivity and who have problems controlling behavior. Yes, uh, Not CTE, but clearly a difficulty with traumatic brain injury. When you say and,
0: impulsive behavior, may I interrupt for a moment? Um, I had a conversation with um, a lady that took issue with statements by Tony Robbins. He was in an event in San Jose. and. Uh, you know there was some discussion about you know men and they're exerting their sexuality forcefully at times on women and this is a rampant problem and somehow tony i didn't hear the actual conversation or interchange you know the audience and others took issue with his statement and you know when you say impulsive i mean you take a man especially an athlete who may be a former athlete or current athlete who has maybe 10 times more testosterone than than most women, unless they're augmenting their testosterone. They have certainly potentially aggressive behaviors, just inherently men themselves. I mean, even if they don't take quote hormones, I mean, a, you know, a 20 year old man has say 1,500 testosterone like my son who doesn't use testosterone and uh, a woman may have barely 30 to 50. Uh, milligram level of total testosterone, let alone talking about free testosterone. So testosterone is a rather focused, important, anti-inflammatory, important hormone for libido and, and brain function and heart function, but it has another side to it. And if a man isn't mature and he doesn't quite develop his skills in talking with women and. We hear some really problematic issues on college campuses and um, executives' uh, boardrooms for, you know, introduction into the uh, TV productions and you know the unfortunate problem with celebrities getting in
1: trouble. You know, uh, it's a problem, isn't it? And so, <laughs> well, that's I mean, yeah, I, I, discussing the effects of testosterone is three more podcasts. No, <laughs> oh, yeah. But what we're really refer what I was referring to—is the disinhibition that comes oh. from traumatic brain injury. Oh. So Even worse, that, so that uh, you, the testosterone plus the inability to really control our emotions hmm. uh, is is what can lead to very negative social and psychological effects. But what I was getting to with the virtual reality yes. is you, there, there are virtual reality programs now mm. that literally are implementing neuro feedback. You are literally rewiring your brain by using virtual reality and immersing yourself in a 3D environment that literally rewires and makes new connections of your brain, Mm. which is what they're doing at Pure Recovery.
0: Yeah, and since you're a neurosurgeon and you're doing some great work, uh, please tell our audience how we can get your book, um, what website, and um, let's uh, follow up with a further podcast on the other subjects that we open the door to.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sure, the book can be obtained at Maroon, M-A-R-O-O-N, Square1.com. And uh, it's also on Amazon. Uh, and uh, appreciate any comments of anybody who reads it. Great book.
0: All those of you listening, share this show. And uh, if it struck a chord and you have more interest, please follow up and definitely read Dr. Joseph Maroon's book. And we'll be uh, back with you for the next segment. Thank you so much.